So you think that David is doing it as a strategic uh, thing, no, like for others to see that he's trying I to... I think it's a karatatov. It's a karatatov, okay. But why a karatatov? Why an honor? So, okay, let's open, because we don't remember, on Shmuel Aleph, Perekaf. Shmuel Aleph, Perekaf, the 20th chapter, is the chapter where um, David and Yonatan are going to depart from each other. After Yonatan tells David, his father's real intentions, right? So, how do they depart from each other? What are Yonatan's words to David? Oh, I found it. Okay. Yes. So in the in our parak, it says here, according to Radak, that kindness dictated to the oath that I undertook before Hashem, and then here in parak bet in parak kaf of Shmuel Aleph, page one thirty one, it says, um, but in pasuk tetvav. It says, it's, Yonatan is asking David to swear before they part. Um, don't um, cut off your kindness from my descendants forever. Where is that? Pasuk Tetvav. In what, in what chapter? Kaf. Exactly, that's what they want you to see. So there was a oath. Not only a karagato, but there is also an oath that Yonatan is asking David to swear to him. Okay, he's asking from him really to uh, keep this chesed with his descendants after him, Adolam, forever. And David does swear. So David is kind of uh, attached to this oath. He's, uh, even if he wouldn't feel the need to do a karabatog, he swore for it, but it's, it's actually his fault. Uh, we see that repeated a few times. I was uh, reading one of the classes of Rabbi Bazak from previous chapters, how it's beautiful. I think I'm going to prepare something for Shavuot for that, how we can see the same motif that we see in Megillat Ruth, the great-grandmother of David that is all based in Chesed, we see throughout the chapters in regards to David's behavior, how is he always trying to recognize Chesed, to give to those that were good with him. So that's first thing. There was an oath here. And uh, in our chapter, uh, we will find Chesed three times. The, the word Chesed, so try to see it later. 
The first one was at the beginning when he says, Vesei mochesed ba'avu Yonatan, but I continue to read. Pasuk bet, ulevet Shaul eved ushmo tziva. Vayikleu lo el David, vayomer ha'melech elav. Ha'ata tziva, vayomer avdecha. So David wants to find out if there is anybody left from the house of Shaul, how does he do that? He is calling the man that used to be Shaul's servant, Tziva, knows about him. Since that Tziva is pretty known, and he calls him, are you Tziva? And he says, yes, I am. Bayomer Amelech. Pay attention also as we read how the Psukim are changing from David to Melech. Okay, at the beginning is Bayomer David. First is David, the David, Yonatan's friend. It's not the Melech. It's David the man that wants to do, to ligmol chesed with uh, Yonatan's uh, family. Now, whenever he finds Tziva, that is the servant of Shaul, he's going to speak with him as the king. Bayomer HaMelech. Ha'efes od ish levet Shaul, ve'esei mochesed, pan shniya chesed, second time. Ve'esei mochesed Elohim, bayomer Tziva el HaMelech. Od ben Yonatan, neche raglan. So, David speaks with him as a king because he wants Tziva uh, to really answer the right answers and to, and to do whatever is needed to, to answer to the king's request. So he's asking, is there anybody for me to do chesed with him? What is Tziva answering? Yeah, there is a son to Yonatan. What does he say about him? He's a cripple. He's a cripple. What's his name? Doesn't say. What does he show? He's irrelevant. He minimizes the position. He is disrespectful. He was the son, the grandson of your master, Shaul Amelech. Yes, he's, he's a, a cripple. Same with Ishbosheth in that chapter also. They kind of like glossed over his name. They didn't recognize him as... And, and by the way, that's something very common that especially in those times, like today, the world has advanced so much to give opportunities and to give a place and to see and not to make them um, invisible, people with disabilities. So here in, the, in our chapter, he said he's a cripple. But it's not only because he's crippled. Let's see what happens. Again, Where is he? He says, He's there in the house of Machir ben Amiel Belot Davar. Now, we cannot know, but Machir ben Amiel, in the future, we will see in chapter 17, Pasuk Kavzai, that is, Machir is the one that is going to help David when David escapes in the rebellion of Absalom, the married Absalom. In the book of Yeshua, I don't have the source here, I think I didn't write it down, we can see that the, the land of Machir is in Everayarden. So it's kind of if you ask somebody where, I don't know, where this person lives, oh, she's in Los Angeles. It's, it's kind of like there, it's so far from us. Like, it doesn't matter where he is. And he's in the house of somebody else. It seems like uh, he's being either hosted by him or being taken care by him. Like with the chesed of, of Machir. David, so David sends till that area, Eberayarden, Vaishlacha Melech David, 
ויקחהו מבית מכיל בן עמיאל, so as the king, there is nothing that can stand on his way, he sends soldiers, he sends whatever, to the house of מכיל בן עמיאל, and brings him from Lodavai. ויבוא מפיבושת ביונתן בן שאול אל דוד. Now is David, you see? ויבוא מפיבושת בן יונתן בן שאול אל דוד. ויפול על פניו, וישתחו. ויאמר דוד, מפיבושת. היי. ויאמר, you need this class to be a little bit later, right? No, my son's in the soccer team. אוקיי. ויאמר דוד, מפיבושת, ויאמר, הנה עבדך. דוד יזכור לי מפיבושת, אני מיידי איזנסר, I'm your servant. ויאמר לדוד, אל תדע, כי עשו אעשה עמך חסד בעבור יהונתן אביך, ואשירותי לך את כל שדה שאול אביך, ואתה תאכל לחם על שולחני תמיד. What is the first thing that David tells him? אל תדע. Don't, don't fear, afraid. don't worry. Why? Why would you tell somebody don't be worried? He might think that he's there to kill him because he's like the next, he, he's a rival to the throne, theoretically. That could be, but, but the fact that he is telling him don't be scared is because he sees him scared. Like he's, he calls him Mephibosheth. Here, my, I am your servant. I'm here. What does he think Mephibosheth? Perhaps he brought me from there because he wants to kill me. It was very common from, from kings to kill the previous the previous lineage, the previous family of the kingdom. But David tells him, I'm going to do with you chesed for a third time, we see the word chesed. Why? For your father, Abicha. What is the chesed I'm going to do with you? I will give you back all the entire state of your father, Shaul, and you're going to be one of my guests, eternal guests, forever. Our rabbis tell us that David and Melech had a table full of people that he wanted to, to give them back for the favors that they did with him. Now, why is David saying here, I'm going to return to you the entire state of your father, Shaul? Where, is, where, where are those lands? Who has them? Who has them? David. David. Interesting. Uh, we have here Radak. Let's see what Radak says. Sedeh Shaul, Sedeh Shem Klal Nachalato. It's a general name for all the Nachala of Shaul. Vechen Tidgen Yonatan, Achasanat, Achasanat Shaul. Umau Zeachesed, Mshelonatan, Loki Mephiboshet. יורש היה נחלת שאול, ולא היה שם יורש אחר מיונתן, ובני בית פרל היה, היו ברמב"ן, יורשים לשאול, אבל פי שם בני פילגש, אם כן, איך היה כוח בן דוד לתת הכל למפיבושת, ואם תאמר מלך, יש לו רשות להעביר נחלה מזה ולתת לזה, כמו שכתוב במשפט המלוכה. מה חסד עשה אם נטל משאר יורשים ונתן למפיבושת? אם היה נותן לו משלו, זה היה חסד. ועוד, שאמר ואשיבותי לך. אני הבנתי כי קודם זה נטלה מפיבושת נחלתו ומשאר היושבים ועוד, כי מה שכתוב במשפט המלוכה מצדותיכם ואת קרניכם ייקח, כבר כתבנו בפירושים, מה שפירשו בו רז"ל, כי אינו אומר אלא על פירותיהם, לפי שערים יהיה כדבר, כן מאחיו שביקש מנבות קרמו שמקרב לו ולא רצה, אם היה משפט המלוכה לקחת את הקרן ולסדר אותו, אוקיי, זה מאוד 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 מאוד
I read, okay, so read the English with, with, uh, at the same time. I, I, I read the summary of what Radak says. Radak says, actually, in summary, that David, as the next Melech, is having all the lands that belong to the previous king. So whenever he's saying, I'm going to do chesed with you, it's kind, I'm going to give you, because what Radak started saying, if the land were in the land of a different person, and he's passing from his power as a king from one person to the other, that's not chesed. But the chesed is that David is owning them and he's letting them go and giving them to the people. That's what uh, Radak says. Mefarshim Akharim says something else. Rabbi Balzac was saying that what seems from the psukim here is that who is having, who is holding him to the land? You still couldn't get the sense of it, but uh, it seems to be that Siva, Siva, the servant of Shaul, is, uh, became Eved Kimloch. Eved Kimloch means a servant that becomes the master. Like, do you remember how Mephibosheth became crippled? Oh, because the maid was holding him and he Exactly, fell. she was trying to hide him, to escape when Shaul and Yonatan were killed. She was trying to, to, to escape and she fell, and from that fall, he became crippled. So now, she ran away, they are far away, everything is after there, everything is uh, without a master, so Tziva, that is the servant of Shaul, stayed in place, he didn't do anything, he just continued being there, but there is no master. There is no master to enjoy the fruits of his work, there is no master to tell him what to do. So according to this opinion, he is the one that is keeping all the Nahala of Shaul. And we see that by the tone of how David is going to speak to, speak to him. But before that, look how is Mephibosheth reacting, Basutchev, by Shtachvu, and he prostrated himself, by Yomer. Ma'avdecha ki panita el akeled, hamed asher kamoni, who am I that you are paying attention to a dead dog such as myself. Vaikra ha-melech, now David becomes again ha-melech. Vaikra ha-melech el-tziva, nar Shaul v'yomer elav. Kol asher haya le-shaul v'chol beto, natati leven adonecha. Everything is going to belong to the son of your master. Ve'avadeta lo et ha-adama. And you're going to work the land for him. Instead of Instead of for whom? Yourself. For yourself. Everything that you do has to be for him. You and your children and your servants, all of you belong to him. All of you have to serve him. So he says, and you will bring to your, what is that? Bring its produce to be bread for Micha, the son of Adonecha, that's one uh, that he's, uh, he's adding here in the translation. Ben Adonecha could be translated as the son of Shaul, which is Mephibosheth, or the son of Mephibosheth, that is Micha. Mephibosheth had a son. Okay? So, Ve'achalo u'Mephibosheth ben Adonecha yochal tamid lechem al-shulchani. Who is saying this sentence? That Mephibosheth is going to eat always on my table. Who is saying David, is saying. David is saying that. So David is doing two things. One, he's taking care. David wanted to do chesed with Mephibosheth, and suddenly he realized that there is a situation here. 
הגעתי איתו ה-kind of a dirty פרשה, with how the servant of Shaul took over everything that belonged to Matthew Russell. So David is fixing that, and at the same time he's saying he is going to sit in my table. What does it mean? Why does he have to say that to Tziba? He's going to be sitting at my table. Besides of the fact that he's giving him the, the, the commandment, the directions to serve as a person. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to see him every day. I'm going to know what happens. He's going to, we're going to be eating lunch together. Don't think that you can continue acting the same way that you are acting now. Uletziva. So Tziva became a very uh, powerful person. Fifteen children, twenty servants. Tziva tells to the king, As the king is commanding his servant, which is me, I will do, Umefiboshet, Ochel al Shulchani, Again, the repetition, it's on my table, like one of the, of the children of the king. Do you see anything there that, that gives a different interpretation? Who is saying that Mephibosheth eats on my table? Like saying, I don't think all of this is necessary because Mephibosheth can eat whatever. How does it sound? Instead of, what? No, it says here that the, like, Ziva claimed that he had been faithful to Mitzvah Boshet all these years and was supporting him, so he was telling him, like, he didn't need to worry, but again, David is saying... But, uh, but that's what he's saying, but yeah. Mitzvah Boshet wasn't there, Mitzvah Boshet was on the other side. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but it seems that this, the master here is uh, um, Tziva, and Tziva is hosting Mephibosheth. Yeah. He's going to eat on my table. Like everything belongs to me, don't worry, I'm going to take care of him. Yeah. Hey, don't forget, all what you are doing belongs to him. So this is what David is yeah. doing here, yeah. putting everything in place. Call it what, what interesting thing did you read? I'm not understanding it so Okay, well. good, stop us. Uh, stop us, don't let us continue. What is that you don't understand? They're talking about how the part about being like a king's, like they say, I don't know if we read it yet, the next pasuk, that he calls on the, um, he says, Mephiboshet eats at my table like a king's son. So it's like basically implicating he doesn't need your generosity. I don't understand it. Like, like meaning, when, when I, I'm taking that to mean like David telling Ziba, like she, he doesn't need you to feed him. Oh. Like, he's going to be sitting at my table. Okay, so according to Rashi, Rashi is saying that here there are two Subjects on the sentence. Subjects, right? You say subject? Uh-huh. Sujeto, yes. 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 So uh, the first part of the sentence that says, Kenya uh, Seabdecha, that's said by Tziba. Okay, David, I'm going to do that. And the other part, Mephiboshet, Ochela Shulchani, Kechan Mibna Melech, David is answering. So it's a repetition of what David said before. That's one opinion. But not everybody, not everybody says that. I'm sorry. Um, no, you bet. It's you bet. Uh, 
Yes, it's going to stay in Yerushalayim. It's going to stay next to David. Velim fiboshet ben katan ushmo micha v'chol moshach betziva avadim lemefiboshet. So first of all, the Tzukim show us the, the contrast between the life of Tziva and the life of Mefiboshet. Tziva has many, how many children? 15 children, 20 servants. Mefiboshet has one only son, Micha, but all that family of Tziva are servants of Mefiboshet. Umefiboshet yoshev Yerushalayim, ki ashulchan ha-melech tamid u-ochel ve-u-piseach shteraglav. So as, as you said, Kati, the fact that David Melech is inviting him to sit on his table is making Mefiboshet reside as well in Yerushalayim, and then he's going to come and sit in the palace all the time. This is how David, by the way, I'm, I'm not going to speak a lot about that, but things are going to change somehow. Sorry, did in you the Sorry to interrupt someone, I found a phone here, so I'm on that. Thank you, any of you girls? Could be somebody who was standing on the other side. No problem, no problem. So this is one, a very short subject, a very, uh, sorry, a very short chapter, 13 Sukim, that are just telling us in between, uh, it seems that it's after the wars, but it's, I, I, I heard one of the classes that I was listening that is in between the wars of David and Melech, the, the Tanakh wants to show us what other things are of David's concern. He's not only worried about his kingdom and, and defeating the enemies and, and uh, how you say, expanding his, uh, his palace and everything, he's worried about the little things to remember the promises that he made, to remember to do chesed with those that were good for him. I don't know what about you, when I was reading this, I, I thought to myself, you know, we have a mitzvah to be like a kadosh baruchu. Kedoshim tiyu ki kadosh ani. And our rabbi tells us, we have a, we're supposed to try to emulate a kadosh baruchu to be like him. And we see many psukim in the Tanakh, in, in, in Tehillim especially, you see how there is a description of Hashem's greatness, and together with this, the Pasuk after that, and he takes care of the Yatom and the Almana. And we, we can see how the greatness of Kadosh Baruch Hu is not only measured on the fact that he created the world and is able to move mountains, do this, mm-hmm. but on the fact that he has the Ashgacha taking care of each person. So I think that shows a lot about David Melech. Any questions? Any no? Where was uh, Joel's like, was It was in Binyamin. It was in Binyamin. So Tziva is sitting in Binyamin. It's close to Yavesh Gilad where they were... They were in the map, where is it? It's north of Jerusalem, right? Yeah, but I want to tell her something today in Israel. It's easy to find one of one map and see where exactly it is. It was not Yerushalayim. No, close, but not Yerushalayim. David is the one to come to Yerushalayim. We saw it in previous classes. I don't have the, in this ten, in this book. You don't have maps. Yeah. Shaul was from Shevet Binyamin. He's from there. So there is no maps here. Okay. Because David is trying to unify. Jerusalem is in the middle, it's in the middle of Yehuda and Binyamin. So it's very close to what Khaled is saying is right. Jerusalem is in the middle between Nachalat Yehuda and Nachalat Binyamin. It's kind of it belongs to everybody. 
It's like Washington, D.C. Seriously, same idea. That was the purpose, that was the purpose of, of David coming to Yerushalayim. Okay? So, uh, again, if we compare to the chapter where Shaul and Yonatan and David, and we saw there that Yonatan tells David, forget about it, my father wants to kill. Uh, we see the motive of Chesed repeating itself, and we see there, Ochel al Shulchan Melech. There, everything happens also around the, the meal that David didn't attend. You remember? Right, yes, you yes, remember yes. why Shaul got upset at David? Because David skipped. Was Rosh Chodesh, no? Right. So David yeah. said that he had to go with his fat, with family, right. and she would get upset. Why you are not sitting with me? So sitting around the table of the king, it was a very meaningful thing, and uh, interesting. That's how uh, we see also the connection between what happened there and what happens here. Okay, let's go now to the tenth chapter. We're going to start to read a little bit of this chapter. Perhaps we finish it. Back to the man, Manasseh had a lot of men. <laughs> like whatever I, I'm looking at this, the whole yellow part is Manasseh. That was well done. That they wanted to stay back. Back. Yeah. Because they're men. Yeah. Wow. That's why. That's what they chose. Okay. Uh, any questions? Any comment about what we saw until now? Should we continue? Yes. Okay. What is the next step? in David's uh, actions. You know what? You will and you tell me, instead of me reading, saying, what's next? Should I say? Everybody read already? I just read the first yeah. scripts who came. What does David want to do here? Oh, there was a king of Ammon and he died. And then his son, Hanun, went. Oh, Hanun, what does his name, right? Hanun. Okay, what does he want? He, and so um, David wants to do chesed with him. And, um, oh, because I guess they had a treat, like a piece, the two of them, David with the king. Do you remember that we read anything like that? No. Oh. Okay, so first of all, what is that we see with David? His next goal is also connected to? Making peace. Not exactly making peace, but doing? Chesed. Chesed, giving back. Remembering if somebody was good to me, I want to be good to them. Okay? So that at least what it seems in the surface. If David, oh. had, if David had other intentions at the same time, we don't know. So but this was... I read the perush and what the act of kindness was. Okay. Uh, and Nachash was a bad man, but it says that the scripture does not tell us what kindness he had done. The Midrash relates, however, that after the king of Moab murdered David's family, Nachash protected the only surviving brother, Elihu. Um, yes. So that's, that's uh, Midrash. That says, you remember that when David was escaping from Shaul, he had to take his family to Moab. It is, we've seen that in, the, in David's uh, intent to escape Shaul, how often, how sad that he had to approach the enemies, the enemies of Israel. 
He did it with Moab, he did it with the Pishtim, uh, with God, and according to this, did he do it also with Ammon? So according to this Midrash, uh, when Moab was killing off all of David's family, that's why we saw last week that David was being so cruel towards them, only one brother survived, and that brother went to, leave, went to escape to Ammon. So that's according to that. Now, this Midrash is very interesting because there is a, an interpretation over this interpretation that this was but by the way, this is a midrash. We don't see that in the psukim. That this was kind of a midah connected midah for what David caused to know Ira Kohanim. The lack of responsibility that David had in regards to the Kohanim caused the Kohanim, all of them to die, but one who escaped there, So the same way that only one person could escape from the family of the Kohanim, from the family of David, only one person could escape. And now, I was really rubbing with that again. He says, it doesn't seem to me, because we find all those stories told us in the Tanakh. We find what happened with the... Ah, your son, that was you got the salute. <laughs> uh, so according to him, the favor that Amon did to David, very well can be. <laughs> you got so scared of that. Very well can be the same thing, the same way David escaped to Moab. It could be that in a different battle, he had to find refuge in Amon. So, could be. Again, that's also not mentioned in the Psukim, but that leads, the fact that it's not mentioned leads room to interpretation. But do you think that it says, that I shall do an act of kindness? No, no, that, that we don't have any discussion. David is trying to return a favor. Our question is, what was the favor? Because Amon is not considered to be our friend. What is the Torah telling us regarding Amon and Moab? Regarding Amon and Moab, the Torah is telling us, you're not allowed to marry them, and they were not nice to you, they, they didn't greet you. Now, there is a difference between how David acted as a palit, as a refugee, when he's escaping from his life, because Shaul wanted to kill him, than how Shaul acts as a king. Like as a king, you need to act according to what Hashem is telling us. We are not supposed to do treaty with these nations. So, Nevershim will be critical on David. David made a mistake here. But did I understand it correctly? Like when you read it, it, it backfires. Exactly. So I, I, I went ahead. That's why it backfires. Because the Torah is telling us you cannot marry Ammonim or Moabim. You cannot come close to them or create any, any kind of friendship because they were very cruel with us. They did not greet us. They did not allow us to have food whenever we were walking through the glass. But let's see what happens. It, it was a little bit of analysis about what is the reason why David wants to... So, okay, so the king dies, but Hanuni's son is coming after him. I want to make a chesed with Hanun ben Nachash, Kasherasa Aviv Aim Madi. By the way, Nachash was a cruel. Nachash was the king that who remembers. 
Nachash. The one that offered Yavesh Gilad oh, to take out their eyes. Yes, if you want to be my servant, like I'm not going to bother you. If you become my servant and you take uh, out one of your... See, was a very cool. So that, that David is now trying to do chesed with him. Vayishlach David lenachamo beyavavadav el aviv vayavohu abde David eretz b'nei amusha. David sends a mishlacha, he sends a committee of people to pay respects to the family of the dead king. To the land of B'nei Amon, Vayomeru Sadeh B'nei Amon. Now, this is very common. We see that a lot in Betanach, how there is always those that want to tell you, be careful because the real intention is this and that. So Vayomeru Sadeh B'nei Amon, their servants, or how you call it, the minister of the children of Amon, told Hanun, their master, Amechabed David et Abicha, since when David honors your father, Amechabed David et Abicha be'enecha, that is sending you people to comfort you. His own intention, his main only intention is to be a spy, to spy the city, to investigate the city, and to uh, overthrow it that David has sent his servants to you. So what is Hanun doing? Uh, usually what should be done to spies? What usually would be done? You You kill them. You kill them. But what is he doing? By Kachanun and David, David takes the servants of David. By Galachet Hatzizekadam. You see how important was in Am Israel to have the Zakan that he shakes half of the Zakanam. I was asking myself, I'm not sure if it's half of the face, like he left here in one side and on the other, no, or it's half the length. What do you think? I don't know if Alina Farer says that. I was thinking about Have the face, right? Because if you want to embarrass them, yeah. it's half yeah. the face. So, Vaigalach et Chatsi Zekadam, Vaichrot et Madvehem, Vachatsi et Chetotehem, Vaishalachem. What else does he do? He cut their garment in half until their buttocks and send them away. Can somebody describe to me what did he do to their clothing? They cut their clothing in half, so they're exposed. Oh, they were exposed? Is that why? It's embarrassing, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Here. Hanun inflicted a misery humiliation on David's ambassadors. Clearly, this was meant to chose content for David and his nation. Although the men would easily be able to secure their garments once they were out of Ammon, they could not have simply shaved off the other half of their beards because Israel considered it disgraceful to be clean-shaven. They were thus forced, this is Radak, to remain in their humiliated state for several months until their beards could grow back. It was a, a very bad humiliation in Israel to be without the beard. Now, uh, I read that it doesn't kill them. What do you think? There was a because he believed that they actually weren't trying to He didn't, didn't buy. What does it remind us? Who doesn't buy what others are telling him and instead of killing, punishes? At least I got the association. I am asking from you to have the same thing. Nucolet. Who got some? Contract. Continue of yourself. Yes, yes. When... When uh, the wife of Potiphar tells him that Yosef was the oh with the fa- with the her husband yes uh, obviously a husband in those times with that power a servant would kill him he doesn't kill Yosef he puts him in jail 
because you don't believe the accuser, but you have two apathies. It's very serious. You cannot give precedence over the slave. So here, perhaps, uh, Hanun cannot uh, respect more the foreign people that came from Israel than to his own ministers. And that's why he says, okay, let's punish them, let's humiliate them. But he didn't know who he was messing with. They sent word to David and he sent messengers to them for the men were deeply humiliated. The king said, stay in Yericho until your bears grow back and then return. So David is telling the men, it's okay, you know, you can take vacation, <laughs> paid vacation until your bears grow back. Okay, so the children of Ammon. This, yeah. This became like, wow. Of course. The, from him trying to Yeah, exactly. It's just... Yeah. But it shows like something you mentioned me last time, like sometimes kindness is the wrong thing. Like you were oh, talking about Israel. Remember oh, you no, that's, that's compassion. It's not I mentioned. The Chachamim say, Kol Whoever is compassionate towards the cruel, will end up being cruel towards the compassionate. And that is said in regards to Shaul. Shaul had compassion on the king of Agag. Mm-hmm. You want to kill him. At the end, he was cruel towards Kohanim. He killed all the Kohanim. So that's compassion, that's something different. To, to, I don't know, but David, I read, made that mistake. He shouldn't try to, you know, sometimes either you want to be very nice, or you have that, he had that quality. It was a real quality of David Amelech. To want to lehakir toba, to, we know that this is Yehuda also, lehodot, to, to be thankful, to be grateful, to, like, it bothers you. If somebody did something good for you, you want to do back. So David wanted, but you need to know, as a king, as we saw with Shaul, it's not your personal feelings only that have to rule your actions. You have to think very well what is at that moment, in that circumstance, proper for the king of Israel. So, uh, the children of Ammon realized that they had become repugnant to David. So the children of Ammon, Ammon, sorry, sent and hired from Aram, and in the English, am I? It's very normal, it was very normal to hire mercenaries, army, soldiers from different countries that are going to come to support you in whatever uh, war you have. So he's uh, hiring how many? 20,000 footmen and 1,000 and 12,000, like really many, many soldiers. Uh, the numbers are scary. It can be very scary to David. Ammon is uh, having the people from Aram Soba. Aram Soba is uh, in Syria. So David is sending his brave and mighty men of the army with Yoav. Let's read the English. Uh, the children of Amnon, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to finish because what's coming next is uh, from one side is a very interesting material. From the other side, we've seen David coming up, 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 up. And unfortunately, 
we're going to see David's uh, mistake, I call it mistake, and how this mistake is going to cost him so much. So much in every area of his life. This is different. This is, this is a, I would say, casual piece of work. Natural casual piece of work. Yes. So, the children of Adam came out and waged war at the opening of the gateway, while Aram of Tzobah and Rehob and Ishtob and Maha were in the field by themselves. Yoab saw the battlefield facing from the front and from the rear, so he selected from among all the chosen ones of Israel and deployed against Aram. He placed the rest of the people in the hand of his brother, brother Abishai, and he deployed against the children of Ammon. Ammon. He said, if Aram will overpower me, then you will be my salvation. If the children of Ammon, Ammon will overpower you, I will go to save you. Be strong, and let us both be strong. So the strategy is we're going to divide into two. One of us will confront the front, the other one's the back. And if I am in problems, you come to save me. If you are in trouble, I will come to support you. So be strong and let us both be strong for the sake of our people and for the sake of the cities of our God. And Hashem will do what is good in his eyes. Then, Pasuk Yudgimel, Vayigash Yoav ve'am asher imol ha'milchama ba'aram vayanusu mipanav v'neamon ra'u kinas adam vayanusu mipanav ishai vayabau ha'il vayashom Yoav me'al v'neamon vayabau Yerushalayim. They were victorious, Kati. Then Yoav, as well as the people who were with him, approached to do battle against Aram. And they fled from him. When the children of Ammon saw that Aram had fled, they also fled from Abishai and entered the city. Yoab then turned back from the children of Ammon and came to Jerusalem. So Aram saw that they were beaten by Israel and they banded together. Hadarezer sent and brought over Aram from the other side of the Euphrates River, and they came with their armies and Shobach, the commander of Hadarezer's army, leading them. This was told to David. And he gathered together all of Israel and crossed the Jordan and came to Elam. Aram deployed against David and fought him. Aram fled before Israel, and David slew of Aram 700 charioters and 40,000 horsemen. He struck Shobach, commander of the army, and he died there. When all the kings, the subjects of Hadarezer, saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and became subservient to them. Aram became afraid to save the children of Amnon. Amon any longer. I'm going to stop here. Uh, oh no, let's finish the chapter, right? No, this is yeah, that was it. Okay, so we did two chapters. At this moment, is uh, actually a very, very powerful victory of David and Israel against the enemies. Again, this continues the the parasha of um, that we saw in chapter with Gimel with the Chesed that David wants to do with Mephibosheth is the in the middle of the wars of David to show us what are what were the priorities of David and Melech besides of the wars. Okay? And then we're really getting close to personal uh, life with David and Bathsheba. Is it on the next chapter? Yep. Yeah. We're getting there. We need a good advertising for next class. <laughs> As we next, did with David. Yeah. Can I stop? Yeah, of course.